I'm Courtney. I'm Joe. And, and this, this is Courtney, Courtney and Joe, Joe Spoil, Spoil Everything. everything. Courtney Brown, we are back. We are doing Bears Beat Battlestar Galactica. Get your sci-fi on. Let's do it. Yes, I'm very... Um, if you ask me what I knew going into this, virtually nothing. Literally, not, I've never seen Star Wars. Sorry, everybody. I've never seen Star Trek. Sorry again. I knew it was maybe in space. That was it. You've never seen Star Wars? No. What the actual F? We're going to lose. Everyone is going to leave. I'm, everyone's just going to stay for me. And <laughs> Courtney can just I'm back, huge cause... into horror, drama, everything. But sci-fi, I never really got as much into like even horror sci-fi. So I'm not just, I'm not overly into it. That's okay. I wasn't an expert in telenovelas, but here we are. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I apparently started episode one, and there was a bunch of shit that happened beforehand because it started off at last time on Battlestar Galactica, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, a whole mini series that apparently I don't know had two or three parts um, that we didn't. Watch. I called you because Courtney, did I buy the right episode? And you were like, well, how does it start? And I'm like describing it to you. You're like, yeah, you're watching the right episode. I'm like, it's not episode one. Did I, did we start? Yeah. I mean, there's this whole mini series before this. Um, that's, you know, it's not in our recipe of how to do things. So we deep dived into the pilot episode, which I think was kind of created in a way where it could be standalone, where you haven't seen the mini series. Yeah. So during my research, the, uh, executive producer basically said the episode has a standalone concept that didn't require having to see the miniseries to understand it because it ended in a very happy place and starting the series in the middle of a crisis with no explanation basically what we got is showing that that the audience beforehand is said while you were basically away things have been going awry and it just made for a much more interesting story they felt so the you know the complex storyline kind of led itself to the episodes to come and establish itself with the audience with a standalone concept which i like yeah but courtney Fill everyone in on like Battlestar Galactica before the miniseries. It's been around, like it's been around for a little while. I didn't. There's know a that. whole interesting journey, but I didn't know anything about this. Like I gotta say again, zero zip zilch. I'm like maybe it takes place in space. That is it. So there's a very interesting history around Battlestar Galactica. The original came out in 1978, but it only lasted one year. And it was really conceptualized in the 1960s by this guy named Glenn A. Larson, who was a member of the Church of Latter-day Saints. And so essentially, they say that the series was created around some Mormon principles. Um, he took this idea of a Council of Twelve, which kind of references the Old Testament and the Twelve Tribes. And then he kind of included this notion of a missing 13th tribe of humans. And that's who we're watching in in. Battlestar Galactica. He even originally called the story Adam's Ark, referring to Noah and Adam. And then even after it was changed to Battlestar Galactica, the commander's name is Adama. And then he often leads the characters in prayer or like read scripture to them. So we shot this idea around for a lot of years before it really took off. And, and the thing that kind of set it in motion was Star Wars came out in 77. It was basically supposed to be a small screen version of Star Wars. But each episode was $1 million per episode. Very, very lavish for the 70s. Oh, that's huge. Huge. Giant. Back then, a um, one-hour series was about $450,000 per episode. So this was like exponentially more. So it's a big, big undertaking. And what happened is the show was on ABC. And originally it was kind of going against sort of okay shows on other networks. But then CBS decided to move all in the family to this same time slot and all in the family was a heavy hitter i mean that was a huge yep. copy 
Yeah. It still is. Like, it still holds up. People still talk about it. People still watch it, like, constantly, um, because they're always doing reruns. So they're putting it against this kind of huge show. And, of course, it's coming in third in that time slot. And so because the expense was so large, ABC couldn't afford to just kind of have it, like, dwindle. So they canceled it in 79 after one season. But two things happened after that. So ABC put Mork and Mindy against Archie Bunker's Place. Archie Bunker's Place was a spinoff of All in the Family. And Mork and Mindy was their big comedy. And they're like, well, even Mork and Mindy is kind of falling behind in comparison to this. So maybe we were holding like Battlestar to like too high of a standard for being a new series. So that's one thing that happened. The second thing that happened is the fans had this huge write-in campaign. And in the late seventies, early eighties, the letter writing campaigns for television weren't, weren't like a thing. I love when those happen though. It gets me excited when you hear like people, the fans bring back a show that that's how you know it's legit. There's something really like wholesome about that. Right. And so like that basically like kind of shocked ABC and they're like, all right, like let's, let's kind of rethink this cancel, this cancellation. Um, so they revived the series the next year in 1980, and they called it Galactica 1980. But they set it five years after the conclusion of the original, and that way they could lower their production costs by getting rid of some like supporting cast members. But you have to remember there wasn't really like cable then; it was all network television, so the ratings are king. So everything's based around those numbers. And then Galactica 1980 wasn't receiving the same ratings, so they canceled that after ten episodes too. Um. So that's the original, right? So then they have this idea in 2004, they're going to kind of reimagine it and do a miniseries and then ultimately make it into a series for sci-fi, which is what we're going to talk about today. Pretty much kind of followed the same storylines, but took them, it was like darker, more gritty, overall just kept people like more engaged. And instead of going off of these Mormon principles, they tried to align it with politics at the time. So if you think like 2003, 2004, foreign policy is huge then. Um, Bush is running for a second term. There's a lot of focus on the war on terrorism and the 2003 invasion of Iraq. So what they did in this show was they made the tensions between the humans and the Cylons, those like robots that we see, um, kind of mirror the tensions between Christians and Muslims after 9-11. So they're basically using all that as a jumping off point for the series. And that's where we're starting in all of this. That's that's intense. Yeah. Um, it's a lot, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been around for a while. So, I mean, it had its run here for a few years. and This one went on four seasons or so. So, yeah, four seasons. So people seem to really kind of get on the bandwagon of this. I've heard a lot of people, um, you know, that we know that are big into pop culture, put this on the same playing field as like a Star Trek thing. So I think there must be some merit to the whole series of overall. Yeah, so a little bit about this series. It it came out in the United Kingdom first on October 18, 2004, and then the United States on January 14, uh, 2005. So almost three months later, so the UK viewers obliged the, the, you know all the Battlestar Galactica fans by pirating the episode, uploading the torrents on the internet oh. um, within hours of it actually coming on. So, however... This episode is called 33, and 33 won the 2005 Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation in a Short Form 
and drew 2.6 household uh, Nielsen rating, attracting 3.1 million wow. viewers and make it the number two program on cable from 8 to 11. Wow. Yeah, I think this was the kind of series that was not, if, if you look back at the history that we've talked about and even what you've just said, this was not the kind of series that was going to survive on a network, right? This is made for cable because it's a little different. It's, you know, a lot of network shows, you see those those three cam comedies, um, you see the dramas a little bit, the family centered shows. This is definitely a different realm and this is more made to survive on cable, in my opinion. Well, also sci-fi was a little bigger back then. It's not really so much, I would say as prominent today, just with how much competition is out there. Uh, But at the time I remember sci-fi actually having, you know, pretty good content. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they keep it all in this. I mean, this is a channel that if you're into sci-fi, everything is surrounded by that. They have their own movies that they make. Um, the one thing that I've really liked on this channel was the face-off show where they had all the people that do the special effects, makeup, um, and everything like that. So that is the part of sci-fi that I enjoy. It's chopped for special effects. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you think? Boy, um, I had a lot of different thoughts. (laughs) Um, because this isn't always my thing, I was like, oh, like, what's going on? I will say at minute 23, when I started piecing together what was actually going on, because I couldn't understand it for the first 23 minutes, um, then I enjoyed it a little bit more in the concept of it. But I still, at the end, I didn't realize that they were searching for Earth. I thought they were from Earth. I didn't, I didn't know that until I looked it up. Okay. I liked it. It did take me a while, too, to really wrap my head around it. And then, like, read some summaries to kind of put together the pieces. There's still some things that I don't get that I'll talk about that we can really dive into and thought what the other one was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we might have a unique perspective on what was happening. But it has a really good crew. We have Edward James Olmos, who was basically my substitute Spanish teacher in high school. Uh, <laughs> He was the um, father in Selena. That's how I always think of him. Oh, yes. Anything for Salinas. This is the father that pulled Salinas' car out of the ditch. Yeah. We had uh, Mary McDonald, who plays the president. Uh, She was in Dancing with Wolves, Donnie Darko. And fun fact, her husband had a role in 24. So here we are again. Yes. Um, Everything comes back. And your girl, Katie Sackhoff, was in it in like minute one. Oh, yes. Um crush of mine since 2012 when she was on Longmire's Vic. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but remember at the production company, you know how most people had a stress ball? I had a hockey puck. No one else I knew did that besides Katie Sackhoff's character in Longmire. Oh, that's funny. Because she's from, she played, she was from Philly, but she was out in Wyoming. So uh, she was in Riddick the Flash. Uh, she's also a voice actor. She was in Robot Chicken. Um, and she was in 24, but we never got to the episode. Uh, I, I think this is if I'm not mistaken, because she's big into like um, comic cons and things, I think this is her is her main thing that she's known for. Because I've even seen her guest spot on the Face Off show to like come in and like grade people's projects. Yeah, I think this was what she was from big from too. Because I didn't really catch on to her too, too till 2012. Uh, we have Jamie Bamber uh, is Captain Lee Apollo Adama. Uh, like John Frank, he was from 24. He's also awesome in Band of Brothers. Uh, in Grace Park, who plays Lieutenant uh, Shannon Boomer. Yep. Uh, she's in Hawaii Five-0, so she's doing pretty good. And She's in A Million Little Things, which is on ABC right now. Oh, that's good. Because I was going to say, I think Hawaii Five-0 
it ended, but it was on a long time. Yeah, I think they've wrapped that. But yeah, she's um, and she's good on that show. Yeah. All right. So, Courtney, you want to dive into the live view now that we've done a little character? Yeah. Uh, so we basically open up to a sleep deprived crew. Uh, they're basically all these humans in different ships out trying to outrun these bad guys called Cylons. Uh, and they're getting slower and slower. Um, similar to 24, we have them, the episode revolving around a clock, which is they do this hyper jump every 33 minutes, which takes them to a different part of space. Yeah, they're kind of like teleporting. Am I right in that? Yeah, it's just ultra high speed. So they're trying to basically just outrun these people, but they got so many ships that they're keeping up with. They got thousands of people they're trying to keep track of. And it's just this relentless push. And, um, why were the opening credits so far away from the opening sequence when this first started? You would see that a little bit because they're doing kind of this cold open, right? Because this is the very first episode. So usually when things launch like this, they'll do the opening a few minutes in. It did seem kind of really far in, like unexpected. And then the opening credits, um, <laughs> that theme song was like really foreboding. And then they only kind of showed glimpses of things that we kind of watched in the first few minutes yeah so i was like, like why are they redoing it why are they re-showing me what i saw yeah it was so weird i mean i guess that the intro is going to be used for other episodes but it was it was horrible it's it's supposed to kind of give a glimpse of what's going to happen for the season and yeah it was just it was really off-putting i have another critique that i want to talk about we're just going to get this out of the way first what is going on with the guy on the plane that's in like his this house looking over a lake and then he's on the plane and he's hallucinating and he has this like woman with him. I know that she's a Cylon. I yeah, she's a right. different model yeah. number. So she's a model eight. We saw the model sixes on that um when that other one that was running in the metal yeah yeah and the woman with the white coat. So those are different model, similar to like Terminator, there's different models of these Cylons. But I I don't know what he's doing. Is he just hallucinating? I don't know either. Like, I, I guess that he's hallucinating because all he was doing was kind of like thinking back to a conversation with her. Then he would picture her next to him. So I'm pretty sure he's hallucinating. But the the sequence of the back and forth almost made me feel like he's a, some kind of like mole or he's trying to like destroy something. Or I, I'm not sure what his deal yeah, is. Yeah, so I feel like he's been taken over by one of these things. And it's like has like an implant in his head where this she kind of does the thinking for him, but it can't completely take over him, but it tries to persuade him. That's what I got out of it. Uh, yeah, because there's a lot that she's saying and she she talks about God and what he would do and what he would want. And then she's talking about like, oh, this is the right thing to do, like have this ship destroyed. And it might as well have been in Cantonese to me. Like, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what I, just never, what I never got about. that. I just never got that. No. And I didn't even bother to go back and try to like piece it together by reading things. I'm just like, I don't know what that meant. I'm going to concentrate on the stuff I can figure out. Yeah. And I did a little bit of that too. So we start and they're getting ready to jump. It's coming up to 33 minutes. They're going to jump again. They put out their fighter pilots. When the fighter pilots come back and they sit inside this room, they get kind of briefed on what happened and they get ready for the next jump. I was There was a point where they all touched this picture on the way out. And it yes, like the good luck thing. Yeah, did some research. Oh, okay. Oh, good. So, it, it has a good it, it has a good tie in. It goes back to like the nine eleven stuff. So there was a scene. Uh, it was actually cut, obviously, because the episode when they originally filmed was two, ten minutes too long. So they had to cut a bunch of stuff. 
Uh, so we saw Laura, the president, be given a photo along with the card, and it said it was taken on the rooftop of the Capitol building on Aralon during the attack, like this initial attack that happened. The photos were inspired by the famous shot of the firefighters raising the flag at ground zero that became iconic. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So they wanted to have the colonies have their own version of this. Um, the snapshot was taken in the moment and becomes a symbol of the day that they can never forget and all that they have lost. See, I had thought at this moment, we kind of had predicted that they were the last people on Earth and they were trying to find another planet. Yeah, I know I'm wrong. I thought that too. I, I didn't know that they all came from like a different colonies on different planets. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely did not understand that. But I guess I didn't really um, need to. No. The, the, I think the overall thing is they're coming from one place. They're trying to find another. But my thought was when they kept doing the count, I was like, oh, my God, there's only that many people left from Earth. So it makes more sense that they're trying to find Earth from another place yeah. and they're traveling with, you know, whatever it is, 44,000 people. Yeah. So the next scene is the girl from Hawaii Five-0 where she says freck for the first time. <laughs> she goes, I don't give a freck. And I wrote, is this space time? Yeah. Like- <laughs> I went back and rewound it. I was like, did she say fuck or did she say frack? No. And she had some massive attitude. Like someone pissed in her cornflakes that morning. Oh, yeah. She Everyone shits on that guy throughout the whole episode. The repair guy. Yeah. People are just like, what the fuck yeah. are you looking at? And he's just like, oh, 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 I just want to be your friend. Did you see when the two the two in the orange suits um, are outside? The green screen looked terrible. You could see the green screen glowing off their hair. <laughs> Yeah, it's bad auto uh, some color correction on that. But hey, that's pilot life for you. We then learned that the total number of refugees in the fleet is uh, 49,998. And the last Mm -hmm. scene, we saw someone trying to find their loved ones. Um, She had some pictures. She was waiting in line. And they were like, "Uh, we we don't don't have a count yet how many people are alive. And all of a sudden, she goes out into this hallway. And he's just littered with photos and loved ones. Um, all the memorial, yeah. right? Of like who was kind of past. Because there was like newspaper articles and photos. And there was like candles lit. It was once again that kind of 9-11. Yeah. You know, it, it's nice to look back on this episode now. Because I didn't research all the 9-11 stuff until I completed the episode. So it's nice to look back on it and really see all the nods they did. Because... If you're starting a series like this and you've never watched this, you could drop right in, of course, because it it still stands up. But it's nice to kind of look back on those things that in some ways we've forgotten over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like I went to the 9-11 Museum not that long ago, so it's still fresh. But like the best place I've ever visited, honestly. Oh, it's one of the best museums ever. So, yeah, I really kind of liked that memorial and I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be a nod to the people they had lost on their planet or if it was people they had lost as they were traveling. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure about that. I think it's people lost in their planet because they don't know. They're trying to take a census of all the people on the other ships. Yeah. And they can't, they just don't, they have too many people. There's thousands of people on the ship. They don't have time to count them. They're all trying to like do their job and they're in the middle of being chased and all this shit. It's like, dude, we don't have time for all this right now. And they were doing that a lot. Oh, the camera with the handheld was almost making me dizzy because I think they were trying to show like the panic and everything going on. But man, the handheld camera, I was like, look when I'm like my mom's old, like home videos. I was like, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they're still using tape. I, I do like, um, they were making everyone look exhausted. Like the president's assistant, like, assistant he looked like he was on heroin with those circles under his eyes you know they really did a good job on that and the research that i found uh edward james almost 
liaised with an expert on the subject of sleep deprivation. And then he partnered up with the director and they gave each of the main cast members a specific symptom to play up. There wouldn't be like repetition that you'd see. Yeah, not everyone just like delirious or dark circles or whatever. Yeah, and almost in several of the cast members took their study, uh, their study a step further to immerse themselves by restricting their sleep patterns to about three hours a night to emphasize um, what, you know, being experts on it, doing a little character acting. I love it. Like, um, which is pretty cool. But, you know, a lot of these people have credits already. So it's not, you're not getting a bunch of fresh actors that are nervous and all that about screwing up. And, you know, you have established folks that are going to be, um, you know, performing these roles. So that's always good to have too, especially if they're going to try and do something. Right. And it, that just shows a great attention to detail that I think that was one thing um, that I can certainly acknowledge about this episode that there was a lot of attention to detail. Everybody kind of had their own personalities. Um, even the president with her, she was very dynamic. She was very like an emotional president trying to keep count of the people. And you could tell like she really cared. Um, we just have all the and- female president of shows all of a sudden. I know. Isn't that funny? Like so weird. we basically threw into a spreadsheet shows we had never seen. And somehow they've like worked out in this order. It's amazing. I don't know. They all have like connecting actors and stuff. And maybe it's just like the time frame that we've been doing. It seems like we were doing a lot of early 2000s stuff. I think it's just I guess, yeah. um, the very next scene we cut to uh, apparently it's a Cylon occupied Caprica. That's the name of the place. I don't know where he is. I thought maybe he was left behind or, you know, is left behind trying to kind of fight them off. Yeah. Because they're like occupying this place and he's going to try to sabotage the people that are on this planet currently or that have taken over the planet that they're from or inhabited because obviously it looks suitable for human life. They had to escape from their home planet, whatever it is, because I'm still not sure of the name of it, um, because these Cylons, these robots are trying to take it over. There's a war going on. So that's why they're all escaping. So, yes, I thought the whole time I thought with a few scenes we saw of him, he's left behind. Mm-hmm. But then in the end, it seems like someone from the ship saved him. So I still don't know where that's going. Yeah, I I thought it was someone different. But, you know, maybe we'll look into that and maybe it's the same person. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great part of just watching two episodes. Um, <laughs> um, I thought I did think I didn't realize until you told me that that blonde woman is also like one of these robots. But I thought the robots themselves had kind of like an interesting, like sleek look. Like I, I can't stand when something looks so like you know R two D two ish. So I thought they kind of looked like they fit well into this world. So what about R two D two that you don't like? Considering you've never seen Star Wars. I mean, sorry, I'm going to be like shot after this. <laughs> <laughs> all right so after the forest scene we the viper pilots return back to the deck and um you have this this kind of like love push push pull between katie sack uh, and katie Sackoff is so like that tough female pilot that's trying to like prove herself amongst her male counterparts you know yeah she was like oh you need to go slap them and she's like oh you need to slap me and then when he gives you the stimulants and she puts them in her mouth she does the Iceman bite from top gun did you notice that <laughs> I was like, yes. More, That's a good one. I love pop culture references within shows that are so like minor. That was a good catch. She had some dimension to her too because she's kind of like, she's a ball buster, right? Yeah, she's like rough around the edges. I mean, she, her her character seems pretty cool. Like you want to learn more about it. And she dropped a fracken in that conversation. So Yeah, shoot at the fracken sky. And then they, <laughs> they yelled at their repair guy. Poor guy. He's like an Easter egg in this thing. <laughs> 
he's like in Family Guy when they always yell at the beaver. They're like, damn beaver. Yeah. And he's like, hey. Um, right after this is when I finally noted that I somewhat started putting the premise together. So that was 23 minutes in. <laughs> I go, okay. And so these are like my notes to myself. I go, okay, they keep talking about civilian ships and they're losing people. So are they basically taking people off of Earth and bringing them to Mars? Like, <laughs> No, so the civilian ships that just are like little cities that are meant to carry people. There is the ship that we see whose main job is to protect. So the Battlestar is more like a battleship. So battleships in the Navy play the role as protector for larger things like aircraft carriers. and Okay. So Battlestar battleship. So they are the protector. They are like the protector. So it's all military on their ship. There's no human. There's like no civilians. Civilian ships are the one that they blew up at the end. I basically needed like an interpreter for the show. Because out of the Battlestar... You have the the pilots who fly out and they help protect and then they go back into there. So it's like the main hub for the military. Okay. I picked up on that. And I knew it also in my notes here. I'm like, okay, so they're trying to get to a safer planet. Now I figure out the number that they're counting or the people that are left. Because originally I thought it was like the people that had died. Um, and I wrote, okay, I'm digging this premise a little bit more. <laughs> it's going yeah, in the right direction. all these other ships that are trying to jump with them. And they have to recount every time the ships make the jump. To make sure everyone made it through, basically. Yeah, because they they lost one. So the ship that they had lost that we find out in the very next scene, it held um, 1,345 people, uh, all yep. of whom were feared dead. They think that like they're already losing people. They don't want to keep losing people. They're getting slower. It's kind of like, do we stop and fight? Do we like we obviously can't? And they get like to this point, and it gets in a heated argument between like the doctor and the president on the ship. Did you feel a little sexual tension with the lady president Edward James almost though? I felt like maybe they got a little something going on. Well, yeah, I mean they're both. Um, it would make sense because they're both the leaders. Like she's the leader of the civilians. Yeah, he's the leader mm-hmm. of the military, and right. he was like casually shaving. So, the thirty-three minute thing doesn't have a hidden meaning. I thought maybe it did. Why they jump every thirty-three yeah. minutes? So the thirty-three minute break is basically allow people to take cat naps, shower, eat, but not enough to really replenish themselves. You know, be healthy. So that's why there's also drag. And the president fell asleep at one point. You have you know, almost just went to go shave and put his jacket back on and get back to work you know I mean? right. rather than taking a nap and stuff. These 33 minute breaks allow them to do normal things and have human moments in between the battle scenes. So we can connect with the characters. There's no other hidden meaning, but behind 33, the number itself. Like you could see, especially when you, when you had talked about um, their sleep deprivation. I mean, the president seemed like she was on a sedative. Like she was so <laughs> stupid. Like, everyone, like old you know? quaaludes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's from a 70s show, so you never know. Then the next part is when they're doing, they're showing more of the um, atmosphere. I'm like, oh my God, some of these graphics look like if they're off the asteroid video game. I mean, <laughs> some of them needed a little polish. Yeah, it's a, well, you, you run into that with these sci fi shows. It's like, do we pour money into special effects or do we pour money into the actors and then make people fall in love with the show and then as we get funding, we ramp that up. So I don't know. As I said, I've never like watched any of these, but I've caught parts of like star trek you know as you're flicking through the channels but all sci-fi show always do this like slow gliding ship through the atmosphere <laughs> it's easy <laughs> it's to do you can just use a toy you don't have to actually animate it like the way star wars did star wars isn't actually animated the way we think of things was like cgi those are like real yeah. models 
Okay. Just think of it as like those things that um, are above a baby's like bed, like a crib, just suspended. Yeah. And they would just okay. move it. And that's why. Wild. Yeah. So at the end of the episode, we get some good news. Uh, we found out that a baby was born. Yeah. It was so cute. I was so happy. It was hopeful. Yeah. You get to see there's hope to like rebuild. It's kind of very similar to Star Wars with like the rebels versus. I'm not even going to get into oh. it um, because I'm not going to go right over your head. Yeah, I'm going so the line. final count of folks is 47,973. Good. Yeah, it, it lends itself to want to keep watching it ending on a high note. I really liked that it did that. Right after that, I said, I'm glad this ended on a hopeful note. It's not really my particular cup of tea, but I would definitely want to see where this goes next in their journey to find the planet and also find out what the blonde girl's issue is and how she's pivotal to the plot because she just drove me totally insane throughout the whole thing. I, I Yeah, I don't get her. That would be interesting. She had to be a real person at some point, right? And then they modeled these robots after this real person. That's kind of what I think the direction of it is. Yeah. So let's give our predictions on this. Let's see if I can redeem myself from last week not getting... The end of 24, completely correct. Yep. It was about a quarter, 30, 40%. You were dancing in the realm there. Yeah, it was close. I just didn't get the big overarching thing. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Jeez. Okay. I think this is, so this is four seasons. I think that you're going to see mid or two thirds of the way through that they do get to earth. Um, But I imagine when they get there, there's got to be, also something happening on earth um you're gonna have the struggles you know you've had this plan you've had this president come from another place planet what have you um when you get to earth there's gonna be another president another governing body so there's gonna be some of those things to trip over that could be one direction or it could go the entire season they're in space going back and forth fighting picking up different people finding people losing people and then in the very end is when they make it to earth and it's very harmonious um which of those two do you think would be more engaging? They get to Earth and it's not there. <gasps> oh. Or it's there's no one on planet Earth anymore. Oh, so they've spent it. That's kind of bleak. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be a hell of an ending because then they got to keep going. Yeah. They got to find somewhere else now. They got to go. Yes. Ooh. That's my Very opinion. interesting. I think the doctor is going to kill himself because he's going to be conflicted against being dark and being good. I don't know that he'll kill himself or they're going to recognize he's some sort of intruder and kind of do what they have to do with him. I am very, very curious to find out about this blonde woman in all sincerity because she's on a lot of the cover art too, right? So she she's not just a robot. There's some yeah, backstory of her. and, and She's on the first you. season cover. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So there's going to be a little bit of that, which I don't know if we'll see that play out. Um, I'm interested to see where these characters go next, just development wise i think you are going to see maybe that spark between the president and the commander um definitely between um katie sackoff and her partner just kind of see where those because you got to have some of that drama mixed yeah in she's there. just going to be super hot throughout the whole thing <laughs> like, like my big guess what did you think overall like how, so i've clearly got my own take on this and opinion what what's your overall thing about this so i tried watching the expanse which is sci-fi's new shot at doing this and it, I didn't like it. Okay. I like this better than The Expanse. Good. I definitely get the Star Wars vibe because you have like these rebel fighter pilots, like the Vipers. So there's some very, you know, 
similarities between the two. Yeah. I, I like the characters. I like the actors. I, I kind of like the way it's set up. I thought the acting was good too. Because this cause it very went cheesy and it didn't. This might be a show that I would watch the first season then fall off of. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. With how big of the budget is, I could just tell that it would it'd probably take a little bit between each season for them to to make these. And that's kind of when shows lose me because I forget what happened and I don't want to dive back in without remembering what happened. So then it kind of gets put on the shelf and then I never get back around to it. That's how it oh, works. Oh, that's a great point too. I I would, you know, green light the show. I think it was it was good. It was a nice the timing was right. It you know, was right in between Star Trek ending and there was wasn't really anything to compete, but then Stargate Atlantis came out at the same time, which kind of gives a competition. But But I think this I, I feel like this cast is stronger than Stargate Atlantis. Well yeah, I mean I feel I'm glad we went down kind of a different realm. Um I was glad to escape some like political dramas for like a hot minute. Well good thing you have me here to explain <laughs> this stuff to you. Well, I'm because I just picture you with someone else who who had no sci-fi experience trying to like dive into this being like, what the F are we watching? I'm glad that we're doing a variety of shows and I'm glad we did a sci-fi one. I would do another, you know, science fiction one just to kind of see compare and contrast. You want to know what we're going to do for the listeners? What? Me and you are going to sit and watch Star Wars. Well, I'll watch the first old Star Wars with you. Oh, God. And I just want a live like reaction video to you watching it. I don't know if I can commit to that. Like, I don't know if I could watch some old ass 70s special effects. (laughs) I'm sorry, everybody. It's fucking art what they were doing. You know what? Sure. Your dog I'll watch like those and you, and you sit with me and watch yeah. the Scream, the four, four Scream movies, okay? Yeah, I, I've seen the Scream where she goes to college. Oh, God. Let's not even go down there. The only Scream one I've seen. <laughs> Sorry. I'm excited to see the series finale and just kind of see what else you can piece together for me. All right. So thanks everyone for listening. I'm sorry, Courtney is such a letdown when it comes to science fiction. I'm here for you. I probably screwed some things up. Don't yell at me. Don't DM me. It's fine. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Um, Per usual, follow us on Instagram, spoil everything pod. Please leave a five star review on Apple. That's the best thing you can do for us. So thank you again. And um, we'll see you Thursday with episode two. Bye.